a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Sources. Inside Sources, Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It is great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And as always, we got a lot of ground to cover in the fastest 60 minutes of radio as we attempt to slow things down just a little bit, divide the rage from the reason, elevate the conversation, connect the dots, and help you make the news make sense today. And obviously, a lot of things continue to brew in our nation's capital relating to the Supreme Court. And, of course, Utah's junior senator, Mitt Romney, uh, came out with a statement today that uh, put uh, to bed, so to speak, the uh, position he's going to take as they look at a new nomination coming from President Trump, likely on Friday or more likely, I think it will be Saturday, uh, he will make that case. And then the Senate will take that up. And Mitt Romney uh, has uh, talked about that. There's been a lot of speculation in terms of where he would fall how that would relate to Senators Murkowski and Collins and what they would do and if the uh, Republicans actually would have enough votes to get a nominee across the finish line in the United States Senate and onto the Supreme Court bench. And so we're going to break that down just a little bit in this first segment. And the lessons that I think we need to slow down a little bit and learn, again, a lot of rage going on out there, not a lot of reasoning going on out there from both sides of the political aisle as it relates to the Supreme Court and what is the proper advice and consent role of the United States Senate. Can they do this now? Will they do this now? Uh, What's the precedent? And then how does that actually all move the country forward? Because that's what this is ultimately all about, is how do you actually make sure that the country is in a good space uh, and why, why we continue to have these kind of polarizing battles when it comes to nominations to the Supreme Court. So we're going to break all of that down as we go along. Also today, very important, uh, today is uh, the day that the America Family Survey is released. This is a project by the Deseret News and Brigham Young University. This is the sixth annual American Family Survey, and this is a national survey with some really fascinating insights into the role of the family in the United States of America, how it impacts policy how it impacts community. And so we're going to have some special guests throughout the hour today talking about some of the just fascinating findings uh, out of this year's survey. So you don't want to miss that. Stay uh, with us throughout the next 60 minutes here on KSL News Radio. So let's get back to the uh, top news of the day in terms of the Supreme Court. Uh, Again, the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, and the opening on the Supreme Court. The uh, Sadly, the Focus has already shifted to the replacement portion. Uh, Again, she's going to lie in state at the 
Supreme Court uh, in the Grand Hall. Uh, that will be tomorrow and Thursday with the funeral. Uh, and then, uh, as I mentioned previously, the president is likely to make his announcement on his choice for the Supreme Court to fill that seat. And uh, that will happen most likely on Saturday. So let's go to Mitt Romney uh, first. Uh, he uh, made a statement this morning. He's made himself available to the press. And uh, just so everyone is very clear, if you're just uh, tuning in today, uh, this was his comment relating to his vote for the Supreme Court vacancy should the nominee reach the floor. You know, I think at this stage it's appropriate to look at the Constitution and to look at the precedent which has existed uh, over, well, since the beginning of our country's history. And in a circumstance where a uh, nominee of a president is from a different party than the Senate, then more often than not, the Senate does not confirm. So the Garland decision was consistent with that. On the other hand, when there's a nominee of a party that is in the same, uh, in the same party as the Senate, then typically they do confirm. Uh, so, again, that's uh, Utah Senator Mitt Romney saying that uh, he will follow the process and the Constitution uh, as well as precedent. I thought it was interesting that he did point to the precedent that if the president and the majority of the Senate are of the same party, that precedent is that Supreme Court uh, vacancies are filled even in an election year, even right before an election. Whereas if the president and the a majority in the Senate are of opposing parties, then that just doesn't happen. That would be the Merrick Garland uh, experience from a few years ago with, when President Obama nominated uh, Mr. Garland. And then, uh, again, the Senate was controlled by the Republicans, and so his nomination was not taken up in the United States Senate. So to me, that's a real, really interesting thing. I do appreciate the way that Senator Romney approached this. Uh, he did not attack anyone. He didn't go after anyone. Uh, he didn't try to disparage or demonize anyone or question anyone else's motives. He referred to the Constitution, the principles, and the precedent. And that's the way we've got to get things done. So I want to go back now to something we, we shared yesterday. We, we did a little bit of uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg in her own voice yesterday. And we've we've talked a lot about her unlikely and unusual friendship with uh, Justice Scalia before he passed away. And there was just something in one of her comments, in her eulogy that she uh, gave about Justice Scalia and their friendship uh, that I think is really important for us to recognize and understand. Here's what she said. Once asked how we could be friends given our disagreement on lots of things, Justice Scalia answered, I attack ideas. I don't attack people. Some very good people have some very bad ideas. (laughs) And if you can't separate the two, you've got to get another day job. You don't want to be a judge, at least not a judge, on a multi-member panel. How blessed I was to have a working colleague and dear friend of such captivating brilliance, high spirits, and quick wit. In the words of a duet for Tennis Scalia and Soprano Ginsburg, we were different, yes, in our interpretation of written text, yet one in our reverence for the court and its place in the U.S. system of governance. So that, that last line from Justice Ginsburg, again, describing her friend, her buddy, uh, Antonine Scalia, 
She said, we were different, yes, in our interpretation of written texts, yet one in our reverence for the court and its place in the U.S. system of governance. And to me, it's this idea of reverence and respect that is the core of why we're in really hot water right now is because we have lost reverence and respect for people who disagree with us. And until we can get back to that, we're going to continue to have these kind of fights and these kind of battles. And some people say, well, you just you just can't do it. It's just impossible. Uh, and I reject that. You can find common ground with people on polar opposites. And I actually believe that's where you learn the most is when you have conversations with people who disagree with you but are respectful, that have reverence for what you bring to the table. Uh, I want to turn now to an interview we did a little uh, last week, I guess it was, uh, with Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs from the UK. He talked about respecting and coming together, creating friendships with people way at the opposite ends. He talked about a friendship he developed uh, with an atheist. Here's what he said. Well, first and foremost, we have to take the people who disagree with us and respect them. People whose views are completely different and even opposed to mine have also thought things through. And I want to be able to say to them, you know what? We may completely differ on almost everything, but you're a human being and I respect that. And I hope you respect the fact that I'm a human being. I'm a religious leader. Amos Oz was one of the greatest novelists in the world, and he was a huge, huge atheist. And we um, took it as a task just to get to know Amos Oz and befriend them, despite the fact that they rejected almost everything that I hold sacred. Out of that engagement came the most beautiful friendships in my life when I went for the first time to Amos Oz. And people said to me, you know, what are you going to do, convert him? Um, and I said, no, I'm going to do something much better than that. I'm going to listen to him. So, you know, I think all the divisions that currently exist in society have gone far, far too far. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it'll be easy to reverse any of them. It won't be. But there is none of them that cannot be reversed because all it really needs is openness, respect, and a willingness to honor people with views not like your own. Uh, great inspiration, great advice from uh, Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs of the UK from my conversation with him last week. And, and so, again, you take that together in context with uh, what uh, Justice Ginsburg said at Antonin Scalia's funeral in terms of that reverence. They have a, they had a shared reverence and respect for the court and for its place in America. Uh, uh, Rabbi Sachs saying, yes, I was dealing with a, an atheist. Uh, and I wasn't out to convert him. I was going to do something even better. I was going to listen to him. Uh, think about that in our political conversations. Rather than trying to convert someone or hammer someone over the head so that they will agree with you, what if you listened instead? Uh, that respect and reverence is is critical. And I firmly believe that a a people, a society that loses its capacity to feel reverence and respect is in danger of losing a great deal more. And as a society, we've lost a, a lot 
when it comes to reverence and respect over the last few decades, especially over the last few years. So when it comes to reverence and respect for each other, we just can't lose any more. And so it's up to us, we the people, to elevate the conversation, to listen across our difference, to not disagree less, but to disagree better. And that's what we're going to continue to do on this show. We're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, the America Family Survey. Find out what's happening to families in America next on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.